NBA is back, Chamberlain. How you doing, Matt? Is that's what I'm talking about. Uh, feeling good now. You know, we meant to get this pot in before the start of the season, but life, circumstances, and then basketball. Basketball, it's How back. Right for that Celtics game. Yeah, the Celtics end up uh, choking away what right. looked like could have been a win. I mean, I guess you can look at it either way. The Knicks recoup to win. The no, Celtics the choked it away. Uh, the Knicks are up like 11 with like four minutes left in the game. And it's good Celtic. Out. Both teams are good. Both teams are good. I, and we're going to talk about that later um, because we're doing the East rankings today, Matt. The, what Our predictions. Um, and we're going to talk about some other news things as well. Matt, how ready are you for this podcast? Because I'm ready for the NBA to be back. Well, that's the thing. Now that like teams are up and, and going again, now it's like, oh, yeah, this is real, real. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm all in. Nice. Well, before we get too far into episode 124, let me remind you to follow us on our social media, to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and if you haven't already, give us a rating or review on the podcast platform of your choice. Matt, what did people miss in episode 123? So we talked about the, at the time, current Ben Simmons drama. And that, that's the, the gift that just keeps on giving. So we'll, we'll get back to that here in a minute. Uh, last one was our West predictions and then some over-unders on a season game totals we thought were worth betting. We each gave three ideas, um, some overs and unders for the West. So that's why today we're shifting to the East. But first, the news. the news. Matt, you know what we have? The gift that keeps on giving. The Ben Simmons drama continued. Ben Simmons this week was thrown out of practice by Doc Rivers, refused to sub in on drills, showed up to Philadelphia unannounced. I don't know if we covered that last time. Uh, it's so crazy what Ben Simmons can accomplish in such a short amount of time. Yeah, and in such a long amount of time, he can't fix his jumper. So <laughs> there's that. Um, so, Matt, there is nothing short with this ongoing saga. Joel Embiid, you know, just essentially burning, the, and, uh, taking whatever ashes were left of the burnt bridge and setting those on fire um, <laughs> by just saying, I don't care about this man. That's a quote. That's a legit quote from Joel Embiid. I know that's the good stuff. We're not here for to babysit him. Yeah, all that. Like that's incredible. I love that. Like you know, ninety percent of the time Embiid like says like all the right things, but then when he just says "f it," like he just lets it rip. So I guess my favorite thing about that whole thing is like you know, it feels like in the NBA now, especially how like when someone asks to be traded, it's like. Yeah, that's his decision. It's between him and the team. Like, Joel, like, literally said, I don't care about that man. And, like, kind of has, like, some venom with Ben Simmons now, which is kind of interesting and kind of going to be intriguing for how the rest of the season plays out for Philly, which we'll talk about more here in a little bit. Moving on. I don't know if there's been another player as dramatic as Ben Simmons, but Kyrie's getting pretty close. He's trying. Kyrie drama. 
we're not going to talk about, well, we talked about the vaccine piece of this. Kyrie has been, since the last time we talked, has been banned from team activities. Not banned, but uh, Nets front office has said Kyrie will not be participating in team activities this year. So not playing in away games. And that was kind of the situation before. Um, he went on Instagram Live and said a couple of things, disputed the fact that he was going to retire if he got traded. Um, he was disappointed in not being able to compete for a championship uh, or be a part of the, this championship team. Adam Silver even said something to the effect of, uh, this is not an NBA problem, it's a New York City problem. So, Matt, what is your takeaway from this Kyrie Irving drama so far? Um, obviously, we did not expect the global pandemic, but I am not surprised. <laughs> the the dude who was in Boston was like singing the Boston praises, and mm. then just like four seconds later, changed his mind and was like I'm out. Like, but Boston couldn't do anything about it, so he had to ride the year out, and it's just a train wreck. Yeah, the fact that he's doing this again. Well, and even on top of that, the dude who was in Cleveland with LeBron James is like, nah, I'm good. The, the, the red flags are everywhere, Ryan. They're everywhere. And it it took a global pandemic for everyone to finally see him. But this ain't any different than his last year, year and a half in Boston. This is mm. the same thing. Mm. He just ha- has a new vessel to shine through, you know? Right. This is who he is. This is what he does. He's an incredible basketball player. Kyrie Irving is a, you know, top 15 basketball player in the world right now. But it's it's never been the, it's never been the problem for Kyrie. It's the everything elseness. You can't trust him. You, you just don't know what you're getting. This is the perfect epitome of it. Adam Silver's right. Kevin Durant's right. James Harden's right. Joe Sy, the owner's right. Like, get it together, or mm. or don't. You know, but I I don't blame him for deciding. Like, we're not going one in, one foot in, one foot out on this. Like, either make a commitment one way or the other. And if you're cool with making the commitment to not get the vaccine, then you better be cool with our commitment to say like, all right, you're just not on the team then. Yeah. You know, like at the end of the day, like there's just there's a fork in the road, and it's pretty t- two clear paths. And Kyrie made his choice. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. The team, I, I, I mean, it, both the Ben Simmons and this Kyrie thing, like the team has kind of pushed back against the player, which we haven't seen a lot of over the last couple of seasons. Um, especially even in the Ben Simmons case, like Ben Simmons is now trying to be so toxic to force the trade, regardless. And in Kyrie's case, like usually, I don't know the team kind of caves into whatever the player wants to do. Right. And the Nets haven't done that. It's kind of yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Basically, like, they weren't even letting him practice until the city kind of came out and said, like, oh, no, he can practice. Yeah. Fine. And then, you know, after, honestly, like a week or so, all right, we're done with this. Yeah. Like, we're, not, we're not doing it. I, I kind of – it's not the exact same as the Ben Simmons situation, obviously, but like 
I applaud the team for like, you know what? We're, we're, we're straddling the line of ridiculousness. Like we, we're just not, we're not playing the game. Mm. Like that's what you want. That's what Ben Simmons wants. That's what Kyrie wants. Like you just want to play a game with us. Like, you know, we're here to play basketball. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I appreciate the fact the Nets were kind of pretty blunt about the situation. Like Sean Marks was very blunt oh, yeah. uh, about the situation and he was pretty transparent. And um, I, I appreciate that from the team. You usually don't get that in this type of situation. And, you know, you can look at several examples across the NBA and see that's the case. But um, I've, I've been kind of impressed with how the Nets have handled this for the most part. And I wonder if Kyrie at some point will join the Nets because he, if he does get vaccinated, but I guess that's all to be seen yet. Yeah. I wouldn't count on it. Wouldn't hold your breath. (laughs) Uh, So moving on to some more news, we got a myriad, myriad Matt of extensions here for uh, the 2018 draft class, the Luca draft class um so Someone starting off it the uh, deandre ayton draft class uh let's call it the luca let's just let's just all <laughs> agree to call it the luca draft class uh so starting off kevin herter gets a new extension for four for 65 uh grayson allen also got an extension for two two years for 20 million dollars to aaron span of the clippers gets a two for 22 wendell carter Gets four for 52. That's kind of an interesting one. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon gets a, a two year, $45 million uh, ex- uh, extension. And that also takes him off the trade market. <clears throat> ben Simmons. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. of Memphis Grizzlies gets a, a four year, $105 million extension. Again, $105 million extension. Big number. Big Has number. One hundred five games yet. Um, if I had to take the under over on that, I would say no. I would say under. I'm gonna look while you're going through. Okay. The rest All right. Um, Mikel Bridges for, uh, from the Phoenix Suns gets a four for ninety. Uh, and last note, important note here, also sticking with the Phoenix Suns, the Suns and the and DeAndre Ayton did not agree to an extension, Matt. We can talk about that more here in a second. There's some other notable 2018 draft class members that did not get extensions. Marvin Bagley, Miles Bridges from the Hornets, Dante DiVincenzo, Kevin Knox, Mo Bamba, Lonnie Walker, and Anthony Simons. Matt, of all those extensions I just listed off and some of them, some of the players who did not get extensions, what intrigues you the most out of that group? Um, well, we'll start with this. I don't know if it's intriguing is the right word, but, uh, Marvin Bagley's agent putting out that statement about Marvin Bagley and the King's mismanagement of the situation just had me cackling. I mean, legitimately, like I spit my water. Okay. I, so I let me, that. let me read this statement directly from the athletic story. Um, Jeff, I think this is Jeff Schwartz. Is that right? Yeah, Jeff Schwartz of Excel Sports, uh, Marvin Bagley's agent, said on Twitter, it's clear they have no plans for him in the future. 
um, and yet passed on potential deals at last year's deadline in the summer based on quote-unquote value. Instead, they chose to bring him back but not play him, a move completely contradictory to their quote-unquote value argument. This is a case study in mismanagement by the Kings organization. Just absolutely lighting a bridge, like or lighting could, fire to that bridge. He could have left it, aside from that last sentence, and have been like, you know what? Might be right. But when he went into a case study, <laughs> I, that's what that's what got me, Ryan. Like that, that was pretty. That was pretty great. That was a great little just twist the knife in because this has been brewing for what over a year now that oh. uh, Marvin Bagley has maybe wanted a trade. Maybe not. This was kind of like an official, like, yeah, get me out of the Kings because that was the story that, that came out this week is that Marvin Bagley is not in the rotation for the Sacramento Kings. Not that he's not starting. He's not in the rotation. Yeah. He's not getting minutes for the Kings off the bench starting anywhere. Yeah, that's, I mean, not that I disagree with it, but like, just like this whole thing, just, it never ceases to amaze me, Ryan. And, you know, like, we we called it, we called it when they made the draft pick. Like, what are we doing? Like, Like, you had Luca to pick and you passed on him. And now you have a guy three years removed who's not even in your starting five and not even getting minutes. I know. I, I know. Um, we'll come back to this here in just a moment. Of all those other guys, I think Miles Bridges is going to get a deal. I really do. I If Miles Bridges thinks he's a four for 80 guy, though, this deal's not going to get done. But I think if Miles Bridges, like, if they offer you like four for 52, four for 60, I would take that deal. Mm. You know? Like that's a lot of money. Mm. So I don't know what he was offered. Obviously, I don't know what he's going to be offered in restricted free agency. But Miles Bridges, like if you can get any three, four year deal in that fifteen million dollar a year range, just do it. Just mm. take that money and run. All the other guys, you know, I like Divincenzo, but you know, with the injuries, that might feel like a get the. Try, just try and get like the Grayson Allen extension, right? Prove it down the line a little more. Everyone else, I don't really know if it matters if they get an extension with their current team or not. Um, you know, bring this back to the DeAndre Ayton, Marvin Bagley bit of this. I mean, how predictable was this, Ryan? Two bigs, two bigs, in, in places that desperately needed people on the wing. Then and now, still, d- pick, pick the big over Luka Doncic, this six foot eight European MVP point guard, essentially point guard. Yeah, Can't, like from a team building perspective, even if you have the opinion that DeAndre Ayton's better currently, long term, whatever. Even if you have the opinion Marvin Bagley is better currently, long term, whatever, I, I I promise I can find you a big. <laughs> I, I, I can find you Rashawn Holmes, but I can't find you Luka Doncic. That guy I mean, ain't on the scrap heap. I mean, Bielita 
last night, right? For the Warriors. I know he's looking good. Looking really good. And <laughs> he was on the Kings. He was on the Kings for like two seasons. <laughs> like like what? Like you couldn't you like this guy who clearly can still kind of produce in the regular season. I mean playoffs, who knows? But like <laughs> What are we doing? Like, there's good veteran wings or good veteran bigs, excuse me, who are available. Like, you could have gotten, like, Aaron Gordon. Like, if that's the type of player you're looking for, like, he was available for trade. Yeah. That just, this past season. Just go trade for Miles Turner. Yeah. Just go do that. You know. Right. Like, but but don't waste the number two pick on a guy that, like, honestly, even if he does hit. I don't, it doesn't even really matter. Yeah. Like, you know, take, take Luca and be happy about it and move on. Phoenix, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying DeAndre Ayton's not good. Like, he obviously is. But, like, take Luca. Just, like, you know, at the end of the rookie deal, you have to give him an extension. Or, like, if you're not, it's because they, like, suck. Yeah. You don't do this with a number one pick that's actually, like, good. Right. If you don't feel good about it because he's a center, then that just proves at the time you made the mistake of drafting a center. Like, you know? yeah, like that's the thing is even if you feel like you waste, uh, not wasted, you spent so much capital on DeAndre Ayton anyways. Like you kind of have to pay him. Like if you don't pay him, what's the what's the point, right? Well, he's going to hit restricted free agency now, and. There are going to be teams that are going to offer him the rookie max, you know, whatever it is that they are allowed to offer. They're going to Charlotte. They're going to go ask Adam Silver, how much are you? Am I allowed to offer him? Whatever <laughs> Adam says, that's what the contract's going to say, you know? Right. There are teams that are, they're going to do it. And then you either have to choose to lose him for nothing or sign the deal anyway. Mm. Like you're mm. going to have to sign it either way or lose the guy. So are, are we trading him? Right. Is that what we're doing? If the answer is no, then you might as well just go ahead and sign him to it. Right. You know, don't piss him off. This feels like a very Suns thing to do. Yeah. This is is what the Suns did that got them in trouble. Like, they wouldn't pay to keep the guys that were actually good. They weren't committed to, you know, paying for winning basketball players. And we thought they got over it with Chris Paul. And obviously they did not. Well, so I guess my thing is, like, and I kind of, I mean, the overreaction, I think there was a little overreaction on NBA Twitter this week from the DeAndre non-signing, is that at the end of this, like, you're just going to sign, like, they're going to sign them to whatever deal, right? Is it going to be five years? Is it going to be four years? Is it going to be three years? Like, that. that's the thing. And that's the thing there were. Uh, James Jones just said it on the TV broadcast. Like that's the thing they couldn't agree on was the number of years. So the Suns are now going to let the Thunder, the Hornets in your example, swoop in and do the dirty work for them. Right. Like just offer them whatever. And the Suns are going to match it. Like that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Part of it's like you have to see far enough into the future to know what you're getting yourself into one way or the other. Right. Drafting or signing for agents. Like you just have to understand how the league works. And this just feels like a giant, 
you know, just crap the bed situation. You had to know what you're getting into. The Nets, when you could decide to build your team partially around Kyrie Irving, you have to know what you're getting yourself into. A little research. That's all it takes. Yeah. You know, Google, make sure you go past the first page. (laughs) That's the point, though, is you got to know what's coming up. So, like, for example, you when you're rattling off the news, Malcolm Brogdon got an extension, right? He's still got years left on his deal, but they added two more years at 45 total million. That takes him off the trade market. Like, he is no longer going to be eligible to be traded during this season. So, like, they're, they're looking ahead. All right, you know what Ben Simmons saying? We're not in on it. We're not even going to let our team be in on it unless they're going to take a super ridiculously low offer. We're going to lock up Rogden. Like, we're, we're not going to be in the middle of this drama anymore, Ben Simmons mm-hmm. or not. Like, if you guys will do the deal for less than Brogdon, sure. But we're not. We're, we're not, not putting in Brogdon. Brogdon's yeah. off the table, essentially. Yeah. Right. You know, so that's the thing. There are certain moves you can do that's like, okay, this is worth it. You you had to do it. The Jaron Jackson Jr. one, is it a little high? Yeah. It, look, he's playing 126 games. So barely. Dang it. Barely Dang it. Remember. Um. But, like, again, if he hits this year, Jaron Jackson Jr. is not getting paid for for 105. You can pay a whole right. lot more than that. Jaron Jackson Jr. doesn't hit this year. You can still talk yourself into he's young, give him more chances. His four for 105 isn't a bad deal. And you move on. But so, like, you kind of went, like, all right, we'll go ahead and take, take our knocks with this one. And hopefully in two years this looks like a good deal. Andre Aiden, like, I don't know if you're the Suns. Why are you offering him a three-year deal? Like, why do you want a three-year deal? Like, if that's the problem, it's not the money, apparently. It's the the years. Like, why why do you only want to give him three years? Yeah, like, why can't, like, if it's a years thing, like, front load the deal in the first three years that you want, right? Like, I don't understand that logic. Like, if, you know, we saw that with the Al Horford contract a couple of years ago is that Sixers front loaded that contract because they were hedging against him aging poorly. And if that's like what the Suns are worried about is Aiden aging poorly, then front load it. Like front load the first three years, front load the first four years and make the fifth year like a bunch of non-guaranteed things. All right incentives or whatever i don't know right this is just one of those like i don't know so someone just has to be the grown-up in the room at some point though in that phoenix front office and be like look we can't go down this road right and clearly no one no one's willing to do that there let's move on let's get out of this i'm done with that uh let's move (laughs) on i'm over it um east Let's talk East. So predictions, you know, we we had we had our answers before the opening two nights, mm. so we, we didn't overly react to the uh, results of the first game of the season. So we'll we'll start at the bottom again. Mm. Kind of have our tiers ish again here. So that's what we're going to use to. Uh, give out our lists and then we'll talk about some over-unders we like. So Ryan, who's kind of your bottom playoff tier? 
So my bottom playoffs here will consist of the 8, 9, and 10. And then my next tier is kind of a tier up from that. Uh, I only have really three tiers here. I think I did four tiers last time. I only have three tiers for the East because there's, I feel like, a lot of good middling teams. Uh, Mm -hmm. But uh, what about you, Matt? Yeah, so I I also have three teams at the bottom of my playoff tier uh, ranking. So mine include Indiana, Mm. Charlotte, and New York. Knicks. The Knicks, not the Nets. The Knicks. So that's that's kind of a tier. You're right. I kind of have one big tier like on top of that, and then the top tier so my bottom tier bottom scraping the bottom barrel playoff teams are in order hornets at eight bulls at nine and then pacers at 10 so we do agree on pacers and hornets in here yeah Uh, you know and again we we generally put these out more as tiers technically i have pacers at eight hornets nine next 10 it's okay so uh, what what about the Pacers? Do you do you think? Man, I just don't know what what this team is like. I, uh, coming off a year where uh, they started strong and then kind of fell apart and made the play in last year, is this team better than most of the other teams in the East? No, I think they their upside, their like ceiling, isn't super high, and so I'm kind of just thinking that this team even though I, it can be well-built um, and has good players on the roster, I just don't trust it getting higher. I don't know, super them super high. I don't see see the ceiling with this team. I think yeah. it's, it's super low. What do you see with the Pacers? Well, I do think Rick Carlisle is an upgrade there. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not saying much compared to what they had last year coaching-wise, but, you know, it – if they can kind of get back to figuring out how do we use the bonus to actually like, you know, maximize his all-star level game. And then if they can just get some of those wings back and playing that they have some guys, you know, they have obviously Brogdon. We already talked about lamb, uh, Karis Levert. We saw the rookie Chris Duarte look very good tonight. TJ. Yeah, he was good. Like they have, enough guys even with tj warren still hurt Mm. so i'm not i'm not even worried that they can't consistently have a a solid eight nine man rotation it's more so like you're right maybe do they not have i agree that like they don't have that high end upside but i mean we saw tonight with their game against charlotte like they they're there the whole like the whole game like i feel like they're gonna that's that's the game they're gonna play every single time. Yeah. And some of those are gonna go their way. Um Rick Carlo's gonna, you know, draw up something. He got the bonus a pretty decent look there at the end. Washington had a good defense, but you know, if if Charlotte really just or uh Indiana really just secures that last rebound, you know, PJ Washington's never at the free throw line anyway to go up uh mm-hmm. at the game. So you know, I feel pretty good about the Pacers as like a low end playoff team. I, 
whatever that means. I mean, what you make it a five game series against the top team in the East in the playoffs, right. like, you know, but yeah. And the Hornets um, subsequently, you know, I, I like them. They're still pretty young though. They lost a couple pieces with Devontae Graham and Blake Monk and didn't really replace it all that well. I like this Hornets team a lot. I like, I, I just, I don't think they're there yet. But I think LaMelo, like, it's not just because he had a good game tonight. I, I, I've i been thinking about this for the last couple weeks. LaMelo, like, he's making the all-star game this year. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it feels like he's trending that way. Like, his shot looks good. Um, His, like, playmaking ability is just off the charts. I mean, their depth kind of gets a little weird. Like, Lamelo, Terry Rogier. I mean, he's out right now. Um, Gordon Hayward, if he can stay healthy, that's a big win for Charlotte. Miles Bridges, Mason Plumlee, and then off the bench, P.J. Washington, Kelly Oubre, Ish Smith is a nice backup guard. James Booknight, Jalen McDaniels, Kai Jones kind of getting deep. And then, like, of course, Cody Mar- Cody Martin, Jalen McDaniels, maybe. I don't know. I I like this team. I like this youth they have. I like some of the... Yeah, I just think they're your way still. Yeah. I mean, it feels like they're missing, like, one or two guys from that list of people I just rattled off. Like, I would love if, I don't know, James Booknight or Ish Smith were upgraded, but those are still, like, good pieces. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Like, they're, they're NBA serviceable pieces. They are. It's just, you know, even in the East, like, there are some, there are some good teams in the East. And so we disagreed on one. I had the Knicks in my bottom three of the playoff teams. You had the Bulls in yours. So I just uh, don't know who the Bulls – I can touch on the Bulls really quick. I just don't know who the Bulls are defending on a night-to-night basis. That's my one hold-up with them. It's like when push comes to shove, are they going to be able to get a stop defensively? Are they just going to be a sieve? Yeah. I'm not even totally disagreeing with you. I'm really not. Um, The Knicks, like, I know they battled the Celtics pretty hard tonight. I mean, you know, I I feel like the Indiana argument kind of applies to the Knicks, too. Mm -hmm. Like, Low ceiling. Yeah. I mean, they have Sabonis, Julius Randle. You know, they have some, you know, good players around them. Like, RJ Barrett might really become a thing this year. Like, if he does, like, they won't be this low for sure. But, you know, I, I, I like a lot of the guys they have on the roster. It's just at some point, some of those tough shots aren't going in, you know? Yeah. And you really think about last year's Knicks team. I mean, Won a lot of games, but also how many games did Julius Randle hit like a contested jump shot, you know? At, at the buzzer. And it's just like was a ridiculous shot that went in. Right. If four or five of those don't go in this year. They're right down here in the 8, 9, 10. Well, they were trending towards the second half of the year to like being below 500. And then they kind of had a little run to keep them above 500 and – yeah. around whatever it was the four or five yeah i admit like i'm probably a little too low on them at 10 
but it, it's one of those. I mean, it's a range too. Like it could, yeah. they could, fin- I could see them finishing eight to ten pretty easily, especially yeah. if Julius Randall doesn't like, if he has somewhat of a regression to the mean. Yeah, and I mean he was very good tonight, but you know, again, not going to bang on all those late close games going their way. And on top of it, like I, Tom Thibodeau makes some play defense, but I don't love that team defensively either. Mm. You know, so what happens when playing hard all of a sudden is a lot lot more challenging at game 60. Right. You know, so I, I get argument. I get it. Um, now, we'll move up to the next tier because this is where I have the Bulls. You had the Bulls at, you know, number nine, your lowest tier. So my next tier ranges from three to seven. Yep, same um, here. Um. This is where most people start agreeing on, like, who's in this tier. It's just the order of it specifically. For me, number three, don't mean to be a homer, but Boston. Nice. Four, Atlanta, number five. Philly, number six. Chicago, number seven. Miami. Mm. So my second tier, my middle tier, is the Hawks, three, Celtics, four, Heat five, 76 or six, and the seventh are the New York Knickerbockers. And I don't know, I feel like it's kind of ridiculous to put the Hawks that high, but I also kind of really like this Hawks team. Well, it's they have a lot of good basketball players, and yes. what it's it's a lot of youth, but it is just a lot of good NBA basketball players. And there are going to be nights where you can get a great Clint Capella night. You can get a great Trey Young night. Mm. You can get a great Cam Reddish night. You know, DeAndre so, Hunter, DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herter, Bogdanovich, like you know, John Collins. Our so, boy John Collins. Yeah, they have a lot of like, not just serviceable, but now like quality starting players on their roster they they go like nine deep right before like you're getting to like eh, i don't know if i want you playing like some of those teams we've been rattling off we were like seven or eight i was like eh. <laughs> you know when it comes nut crunching time right uh, like even lou williams like i don't know like i like having lou williams on my team he might sure. be one of those guys that are borderline kind of like what you're talking about he just can't be like the number two offensive option like he was at times for the Clippers, right? And he will never be that. So that's that's a positive. So like, that's why Atlanta, like, I think you got to put him in that three, four, five area. They're just gonna win regular season games. Yeah. Like that's the thing is, they are gonna be really good, um, and they're, I think, defensively gonna be passable for the regular season. And just a solid all-around team. And we don't have to spend too much time talking about the Hawks because we agree there. Yeah. Um, where? What is the team we don't agree on? We can talk about the Bulls a little bit. I know I touched on them. Yeah, um, I, I was saving my bit on them here. So I have them at six. I, I couldn't get them higher than that, even though I honestly wanted to. Mm. So I, I left Philly at five. And it honestly, that's just kind of a hedge. Mm. You could tell me Philly's three, 
you could tell me Philly's eight at this point, I'd believe you. You know, I that's why I put them at five, kind of hedge there. Well, the Simmons thing, kind of figure itself out, and then you know whatever, go from there. I oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, but like, I didn't feel good about putting them above Chicago because I I really like the Chicago, um, you know, top end talent, but. Philly has a deeper team, and for the sake of regular season, like, I'll take depth, you know? I just – I mean, we kind of talked about it last week. We may have mentioned it off air. Like, okay, so Ben Simmons is out. So you're upgrading now. Shake Milton, he's out currently. You might be upgrading, like, Tyrese Maxey to your starting lineup or Cork Maz or someone. And then, like, the bench is kind of just bad. Like, I'm not convinced that, like, I mean, George, George Niang might be fine, but yeah, yeah. Joel's going to miss 20 games. Like, we just have to mark pencil that in. Like, Joel is not going to play the full season. And so that means you're playing Andre Drummond yeah. for an extended run, like a month of starting games. I'm excited to see Tobias Harris, Andre Drummond pick and roll. Again, I, I made this comment comment last last week. I'm 90% sure we saw this in Detroit already. <laughs> and it didn't work there. So what makes us think that it's gonna work here? Yeah, I don't blame you on that one. So I I, I get that Philly, like again, the Embiid potential injury risk like really sets their floor pretty low. But a Ben Simmons trade where they get back some sort of real asset really keeps their ceiling still around three. Mm. So I get it. Okay, Chicago. So you're talking about the one we don't really agree on. I guess we can touch on Miami also. So I got Chicago at six. I Again, I wish their depth was a little better. I really do. But I I think Zach Levine, I, I, I made the little He's so good. prediction earlier about the All-Star. I'll go ahead and throw this one out there too. I think Zach Levine's making third team all NBA this year. Mm. Like I'm I'm just I'm going there. Like I'm in. I, I I've I feel like I've been burned by this before, but I'm in. Like he's playing defense now. Like he's not a lockdown defender, but he's playing defense now. The offense, obviously, like he's he's scoring an easy 30. I, like it doesn't look like he's trying out there. This is like a pinch me if this is a real moment because you were so out on Zach Levine when we started this podcast so well, many he's seasons. A, he's a different player than he was then. That's fair. He is different, different player and man, he was awesome in the Olympics this summer. He was like one of the best players out there in the Olympics and uh, I, think, I think you're right. I think he's ready for go time. I just worry about this team defensively like I talked about earlier. I just don't know like, who are they defending? Who and what's their crunch time lineup? Like, is Patrick Williams going to be out there for that? Is Demar going to be on the floor for that? They is were tonight. Caruso going to? I mean, who'd they play tonight? Let's let's pump the brakes on Detroit, that one. But yeah, let yeah let's pump the brakes all the way on that one. Um, but I I like the Chicago team. I think they're fun. Like, are they going to be one of my favorite league pass teams? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if they're more than like a fun offensive team, bad defensive team. I don't, I don't know what that gets you in the East this year. Like I'm kind of confused on a lot of these Eastern conference teams. Like I just don't know how to read this conference. Yeah. 
their their bench is a big concern for me. Like, don't be wrong. Like, Caruso basically plays starter level minutes, but then after that, like, the bench is really weak. So, what you didn't like, Derek Jones Jr., Kobe White. <laughs> yeah, that both of them didn't even play tonight. Um, <laughs> they were playing my boy Alize Johnson. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a little Io Dosunmu action out there, like. A bench was weak, but I don't know. I think I I know the defense concerns, and that's why like I don't think they're going to do anything in the playoffs, to be honest. But for the sake of the regular season, like they're just they just always feel like they're they're ready to score 120, mm. and you know in the regular season that can that can steal you games you absolutely shouldn't win. It's just like the well, you know, if you're Atlanta. We're the better team, but Zach Levine's pulling up from half court, and there's nothing we can do about it tonight. So, it's all right. There, I, there's going to be a lot of those games for Chicago. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Their, their ceiling, I really don't feel like, is that high right now. Again, like four or five. And I agree with you that their floor is actually pretty low, like nine, ten. Like, mm. it really is. So I'm kind of splitting the difference here and saying they'll win some they shouldn't win, they'll lose some they shouldn't lose, and end up somewhere around that six spot. That brings us to our other team that we disagree about, the Miami Heat. Let's talk this out, Matt. Yeah, I have them around seven. I I don't I feel weird with that. I just I don't really know what to do with them right now, to be honest. They're kind of, they're yeah. one of the harder teams to figure out because, like, you're absolutely right in that they could take this regular season pretty seriously, and then it could just be like, eh, we'll close in as the seven, six, somewhere in there. We'll stay out of the plan, and we'll just start making, making the playoffs heck for everyone. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I just like with the age of this team, I don't think they're going to take the regular season seriously but at the same time i can see jimmy butler playing like 38 minutes at night and like caring about the regular season you know yeah part of me would like to think they learned the lesson from last year which is you can't be throwing all of your eggs in this basket of Of like we're going to take the regular season kind of off and then play super serious in the playoffs see like because Kyle Lowry's going to be like, I, I ain't taking any games off. Jimmy Butler's like, I'm not taking any games off. But, like, I, I watched them at the end of the year. They were dead. Yeah. Like, they were dead. Like, I don't care if they want to or not. Like, be professionals and be ready to go for the playoffs. But, like, he, they might have to sit an extra 10 games, you know? Right. Like, I know Kyle Lowry doesn't want to, but if we can – you know, get Kyle Lowry to play 65 games, get through the year relatively uninjured and go, you know, perfectly healthy to the playoffs. I I would rather be the seven seed and do that than get the five and have, you know, no Kyle Lowry or no Jimmy Butler in the playoffs effectively because they, their, their knees are done. I think it's also going to be interesting because the heat are kind of notorious for picking the side of the playoffs that they want that kind of favors them. I would be super fascinated if they are around that like six, seven, eight range, which side of the bracket they want to be on. 
Like I can't imagine them wanting to play the Nets in the first round. And they certainly don't want to play the Bucks again because the Bucks yeah. absolutely wrecked them in the playoffs last year. Sure. I mean, don't get me wrong, I get it. But you're gonna have to play one of them eventually. Yeah, if you if that's like, yeah, if you're going through where the heat are wanting to go, you have to play them. I I would just be curious how like long they put off one of the other two. Yeah. I don't know. And that's why they're one like I would I would just very much not bet anything about them. Like that there's just no way to feel good about a bet over or under with them, like record wise or standings or anything like that. Yeah, they're for sure a stay away for me. Yeah. So that really leaves us with our top tier, which obviously basically everyone has the same top two. It's in whatever order, Milwaukee and Brooklyn. Mm. That's that's the order I used. Was Where's Milwaukee. your Washington Wizards? You didn't have them as your top tier? I was really trying to get them in there. I really was. But uh, I, I couldn't lead the Knicks out. You know they they're, they play too hard. Um, but I really did think of, I really was trying to get the Wizards in there, mm. but uh, we'll come back to them. I think we'd rather talk about the Nets and yeah. uh, the Bucks. Um, I I put Milwaukee at one just because I think they will still take the regular season seriously, and they're going to try and win every game. And the Nets have had the Sol Kyrie situation. You know, I don't. I think the Nets are still going to win it thousand games this year but the bucks might win a thousand and one <laughs> i i got the nets as number one and the bucks is two so i have them flipped um i don't know if there's much to be said about either team both teams are awesome the bucks looked freaking phenomenal in the first game and yeah. then kevin durant also looked freaking phenomenal in the first game and I think this is going to be a fun little rivalry throughout the season and kind of like the must-watch of the NBA. Like, this is going to be oh, yeah. the, th- the the headliner of any night and the next day of any, like, sports sports show, whatever, um, because it's going to be yeah. so awesome. Yeah. I, I think what makes me lean towards Milwaukee, one, I, I just think their team is built to care a little more about the regular season, but two – the Giannis thing, like, I know we've only seen preseason and whatever, but can he shoot? His jump shot looks so much quicker. Like, because that's something we like confident about. We, and we quicker about on his pod when he was younger. That's how he would shoot. He just was, you know, super duper skinny and 140 pounds. And so it looked weird, but like, it was a clean up and down quick motion and then he got super big kind of started shooting like a center and couldn't shoot and now he kind of just looks like a massive guard shooting the ball so i, I kind of wonder if it was like a mechanic slash confidence thing like he was overthinking his shot and yeah. now that he's won the title that like mental block has just totally gone away and he's just gonna let it fly and that's if that's the case uh, we might be looking at a third MVP for Giannis. Yeah, I think that's kind of where this is coming from. I don't know who I'm going to pick for MVP yet. That's kind of what it looks like, is he's just going to be like, oh, y'all in trouble now. You think you were in trouble when I won the championship? You in trouble now. I think, yeah. 
I think the MVP race is is between the two stars of these two teams. It's between KD and Giannis. And it's going to be interesting to see that back and forth throughout the season because I think – I think you're right. I think Giannis probably wants to push for another MVP and KD has a chance to kind of insert himself as one of the greatest players to ever play. If he does win another MVP and a title with the Nets. Yeah. There's, there's no wrong answer here for who is one and who's two um, in this tier. It's just, those, those are the, those are the juggernauts for this season in the East. So uh, Ryan, let's go to our over-unders and, and finish this up. So we'll each give three um, lines that we like. Um, we're both going to give two overs and one under for Eastern Conference teams. So I'll, I'll start here. I'll just keep my foot on the gas with this one. Bulls over 42 and a half. Ooh. I mean, it's, it's either – over and my my spot in the rankings is right or it's under and your spot in the rankings is right so i mean you just gotta make the call either way and so i'll I'll take the coin flip over Mm, i like it so my like if i had to is that like you're locking in like that's an over oh i mean it's not my easiest call of these three I okay. mean, I'm pretty good about it, but I don't think it's my easiest call out of these three. Okay, the uh, one that I feel really good about is the Hornets over. Hornets yeah. at sitting at 38 and a half. I feel like this team is a 500 team, so I'm getting like what two wins there. Um, yeah. I like this over for the Charlotte Hornets. I think they're going to be really good in in the playoff team. So I think I have a, a little bit of a leeway in that pick. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can be it. 38 39 wins and be the ninth or tenth team yeah exactly if they finish as kind of quote-unquote expected they're right at this number and if they finish any just any better than expected they're they're hitting the over so i i like that line also not one of the ones i wrote down but i like that line also um my next over is milwaukee Mm. I, and here's saying this one doesn't matter if you have Milwaukee number one or number two. This this line should hit either way. Milwaukee over fifty four and a half. What did they? I feel like is another like Utah, where they like won the same amount of games they did last year. Like what was their win total last year? It had to be around that. Like they were. Uh, it feels look. like sixty win team last year. Yeah, we had the short season though. Um, what were they at? Let me flip this over. God, that was weird. I pulled up the standings and they were at the 21 22 season. That's so weird. They went 46 and 26 because they did the whole experimenting yeah. thing. So that pace would put them at 52 53 wins for this year. So you're wow. essentially getting like a game and a half. Like that's what you're betting on. You think they're going to be a game and a half better this year than they were last year. I think they're going to be better this year because they're not having to experiment so much. Like they just know what it is now. Yeah. Like they're not going to drop some of those games they dropped early on in the year because they were like trying to learn how to switch. Like I think they, they got it now. This team is also better to start the season than the last teams was. Yeah, I do too. Drew knows them now. Giannis can shoot. You know, the bench is still pretty good. 
Yeah, and you're not like an offensive zero with P.J. Tucker, even though, you know, he came in later in the year. Um, it's just, I don't know. I like this team. I think I have good depth, and I, I like that line too. Yeah. Um, my next kind of top-tier team, Hawks over 47.5. I really like that line. I think they could win 50 games, um, and them being the three kind of falls in line with that. Yeah, I would say if you're betting they're the three, then you have to bet the over here. Yeah, they're not hitting. I don't think they're hitting the under. Um, I could see them being like 47 uh, toward the end of the season and it kind of getting close um, and maybe like them like intentionally losing some games to maybe get a favorable matchup in the first round. Um, but I, I like that over for them. Yeah, I I don't know if I would bet it, but I don't blame you on that one at all. Um, mm. It depends on your level of confidence and probably Trey Young and their ability to repeat again this year. Um, what they what they shown at the end of the year once Nate McMillan took over. So my last one, we're gonna, we're going to go to the opposite side of the spectrum here. <laughs> I'm going under on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Set at a whopping 26 and a half wins. Uh, God bless them, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> I, again, did they get like run off the court tonight? Like, what was the <laughs> they, was... They, they lost to Memphis? Um, and again, I don't think Memphis is particularly good. I mean, Jaw had a big game, mm. um, had some a couple highlight dunks, but no, the Cavs lost 132 to 121. Oof. Is, I'm be honest. Like, I know it's the first game of the season, like first official game. Ain't no way the Grizz are scoring 132 on a consistent basis. Like, come on. Like, Desmond Bain dropped 22 points. Oof. Anthony Melton dropped 20 points. Jaw went for 37. And he only was one for four from the three-point line and two for two from the free-throw line. Like... Jaw just got every shot he wanted in the paint, you it, know? Yeah, it kind of feels like if they're, like, 25 games, 30 games into the season, and they're not, like, at a competitive level, it kind of feels like Colin Sexton's going to get traded. I mean, it sounds like they're just trying to trade him straight up. But, yeah, like, how – if you're Cleveland, I would like to think, like, the one thing you're good at is defending the rim because you have Jarrett Allen – and Evan Mobley in the game. Like, yeah. Evan Mobley, the rookie, played 38 minutes tonight. Jarrett Allen played 30 minutes tonight. And we marked it in 31 minutes. Good Lord, did we, they start all three of them? Yeah, they did. Jeez Louise. And then the backcourt. Like, and we couldn't protect the rim. Like, like we couldn't keep Jaw out of the paint with you know, three seven footers in there. Like that's, that's ridiculous to me. Like if you can't control that, I I have no faith that they're going to do much of any. And I, again, I think Memphis is not going to be a top 10 Western conference team this year. Like what, what? Yeah. I, I honestly, how did they get the 26 and a half point line? Like I, I get everyone's kind of on the Darius Garland hype train now, but like, Come on. Mm. Like, Darius Garland's fine. 
Might, right. Might, might be someone's, you know, MIP vote, but like Darius Garland ain't getting you to 30 wins. He ain't that kind of guy. Cavs ben are- Simmons get you to 30 wins, though. Ben Simmons might get to the 30 wins. I'm not going to lie. He might. But what? I, we're not going to get all the way into this, but look, what's Cleveland trading? You know? Like Jared Allen? No. Colin Sexton and Jared Allen. Well, like, <laughs> like, there's just no way to make the money work outside of Kevin Love. You know? That ain't happening. Like, Ben Simmons is still worth more than Kevin Love and Colin Sexton. Mm, yeah. So, you know, like, I, I, yeah, Ben Simmons would help push that over if he gets traded in time. But, he, I mean, there's no way that deal's getting done in my eyes right now. So, Cavs under. Cavs under. You brought up a team, Ben Simmons. Locking in, Matt. The Philadelphia 76ers are going under at 15 and a half. I don't disagree with you. I really, really, really want to agree with you on this one. I wouldn't dare bet this line. I it, it's a it's either a hard stay away or you're betting the under because there's no way that this Ben Simmons toxicity like it, it can't last more than 15 games or else this team's just gonna implode in on itself. Joel Embiid might seriously murder Ben Simmons, <laughs> and like that's the other thing is like if I okay so if I'm gonna have a murky like. Seven and eight, eight and seven start to the season, plus like a 15 game stretch where I'm not getting Joel Embiid. That's 30 games. That's over a quarter of the season where like I'm not sure about Philly's status as a basketball team. Right. And Could so both I, 10 and 20 over that stretch or 12 and 18 over that stretch. Yeah. And I'm just so that leads me to take the under. Like a hundred percent. Like I don't, I don't see how this team gets to fifty wins this season. Like they were the one seed. They won a ton of games last year. I get all that. They have Joel Embiid, MVP candidate. I get all that. I just don't see a route, a path for this team to hit fifty-one wins. Yeah, I. As much as we want to trash Simmons and everything, and it's don't get me wrong, largely deserved. The perimeter defense there is going to be pretty bad. Like, yeah, like now, you're switching like, out. Curry has to play defense now. Well, even if like okay, let's say you put in Matisse Thybulle in the starting lineup, it's like okay, the offense just goes away then. Like, yeah, you're playing five on four on offense. And I know that was the case most for the most part with Simmons, but he brought at least some form of playmaking. And Matisse Thybulle doesn't have that. Yeah, he doesn't have any of that, and like Curry doesn't really have any of that. So like. Your hope is like Seth Curry has an amazing game and can average 20 points a game over the course of a regular season. And like, I just don't trust any of that. That doesn't sound like anything like that's going to consistently happen for the Sixers. Well, and like, no offense, but like Matisse is not as good of a defender as Ben Simmons is, even. Yeah. So it's like you're not even fully making up the impact on that side of it either. So, you know, like, there's a lot more to this. And so you're right. If you're going to bet it, I bet the under here on Philly. But, I, man, at this point, I don't know. I I would just hate to be, like, having to watch the Sixers just being, like, knowing my money is on the line, <laughs> you know? Oh. I think that would just give me an aneurysm. <laughs> 
a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I'm with you on that one. I just, you know, we have a saying on this podcast, can't trust Philly. So I'm not going to trust Philly to hit 51 wins. Makes sense. I got you on that. Well, Matt, that's the end of episode 24. Do you have anything else you want to add before we uh, head out? No, I'm all right. We're trying to catch this Nuggets comeback here against the Suns. Man, there's been some really good – this is a high-level basketball game. Like, watching the Lakers the other night versus this is like night and day. Yeah. Shout Shout out Golden State looking like a team. Yeah. Let's leave it at that. Yeah. We'll talk, we'll talk more NBA stuff uh, in episode 125. I, we haven't chosen a topic for next week, so we'll talk about it then. Matt, last question before we end it. Which team are you watching this week? Hmm. Um, I'm going to go with – here's a little preview. Mm. Utah. Ooh, okay. Uh, uh, smoking your Oklahoma City Thunder tonight. Matt? Might just be a, a a team that that gets mentioned in in my championship conversation, Ryan. Well, you went there. I won't go there, but you went there. Um, I'm going to be watching the Indiana Pacers this week. I think I, I'm, I'm intrigued by Chris Duarte. He looked uh, pretty pretty snazzy tonight. Pretty snazzy. Good. He's very He's good. good. He's real good. Well, that's it for episode 124. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back in episode 125. Yeah.